Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Time for sports, another but sports with Kent Sterling. Today, our very special guest, the great Ryan Phillips of the Big Lead and Assembly Call. How you doing, Ryan? Great, Kent. It's great to talk to you again. It's been and a while. Nice. This is fun. We, I, feel like, I feel like this is our old regular Tuesday spot from your radio show that we had for a couple of years. It <laughs> just feels right. Hey, um, I, San Diego still is baseball. I know you're still in San Diego. San Diegans love baseball. Where, where do you think the flaw is? And where, where's the fault lie? How does this get fixed? How do we wind up with baseball this year? You know, I think both sides are going to have to give for it to happen. I've said since the beginning, I thought it would have been a great gesture from the owners to just be like, all right, we're playing, let's say, 90 games. We're going to pay our players their full prorated salaries. Like, we're just going to, we're going to take care of our players. We want them taken care of. I mean, because, you know, you look at it from the player perspective, they're doing the same job you know, they expect to get paid the same amount of money. And, and I get it. If a pitcher throw, threw seven innings in a game in 2019 he, and he throws seven innings in 2020, he wants to get the same game check. You know, I mean, so I, I get the player's perspective. I think the owner should have come out. And, and by the way, had they done that and said, hey, you know, what? we're going to take care of our players. We think that's the right thing to do. We're going to take a hit. But you know what? We can afford to take the hit. If they had done that, then when the collective bargaining agreement negotiations, which are going to be very contentious, start very soon, they would have been able to say, hey, you know what? We took care of you. How about you take care of us a little bit? Instead, they went with this staunch, we're not paying this much. We're going to lose billions. We're this, we're that, we're the other. And they created from the beginning a really contentious situation. I tend to side with the players because they're doing the same job regardless of who's in the stands. But I do think that both sides will have to give for something to happen and for this to get worked out. And, and that's the same for the collective bargaining negotiations in 2021. This is not I, – I have the feeling these labor negotiations are not about this season. It's a, the opening salvo for 2021. It really is. And they don't understand that they're being penny-wise pound foolish and that giving a little bit now doesn't show weakness. It shows strength and it builds trust and all of that stuff. And they never get that. Billionaires never get that. They want to hoard every dime they've ever made. That's how they became billionaires. Well, and you think about this. Last year, the, the Major League Baseball had record revenues all time. 
the lowest total net revenue was the Miami Marlins. And as a team, they made $221 million and they were the lowest. And you're telling me that these teams can't take a hit this year, can't afford to. Now I get it's going to stink to take a hit and it's going to be hard to take a hit, but there's been a decade of revenue growth in baseball. And it's not like they're passing those revenues on to the players in the form of bonuses. They're keeping all that money. And we've also seen payrolls decline. I mean, the top guys are still getting paid record contracts. That happens in every sport. It will always happen in every sport. The top guys will get theirs. But that middle tier of players is seeing less and less and less money. You're seeing guys who are still serviceable players in their 30s getting passed over for rookies because financially that makes sense. And so they're getting guys on cheaper deals who may not be as good but may develop into being better. I mean, you're seeing a lot of changes in baseball, and the owners are acting like, we take care of you. Why can't you give us this? It's no, you haven't been over the last decade. The game has changed. And so the players are finally putting their foot down and saying, hey, we're doing a job. We want to get paid for doing that job. And at some point, the fans are going to put their foot down. The fans are taken for granted. Owners have always said, you know, it's screw them. They'll come back. They always do. I think this time could be different. It could be. And, and you know, watching Long on Summer the other night, it, it just reminded I didn't get to see the whole thing. I didn't finish it. I still have to finish the second half of it. But it reminded me of how after the 94-95 strike, fans did stay away for a while. And, and, you know, there's always going to be the fans who go back no matter what. The diehards are going to go back there. But casual fans stayed away. And it took the 98 season, which was that home run chase. There were a bunch of great storylines that year other than that. Bonds had a great season. Griffey had a great season. The Yankees were one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, you know, a team like the Padres in San Diego made the World Series and had just a what we still refer to out here as a magical season that wasn't even a championship season. I mean, there was a lot going on that season that was so special outside of the home run chase. It took that what was essentially a perfect summer for baseball to come back. They cannot thread that needle again. I mean, there, there isn't Sosa and McGuire are not coming through that door in three years to save the game. You know, it's they really have to understand what's going on, especially nowadays with how ascendant the NBA is, how ascendant the NFL is. People are spending their dollar differently than they did in the 90s. And you've got all these stars in the NBA that are individual stars, and you don't have the individual stars to match that in baseball. People are going to spend their money to go watch LeBron James dunk more than they are going to watch Mike Trout play center field. And that's sad because Mike Trout – statistically through his first however many years might be one of the top five players of all time, but people don't know him. They don't connect with him the way they do a LeBron or or some of these other stars. All right. Let's talk about Indiana basketball for a minute. You guys do a great job on assembly call you and Jordan, Andy and Brian and all the guys. Uh, Justin Smith leaves going to says he's going to transfer. And I think, Mm -hmm. okay, he's going to go to a place where it's either a, a stepping stone, a more probable stepping stone to the NBA or a place where he's more likely to win a championship, but he transfers to Arkansas. What does that mean for Indiana? I, I don't think it means a whole lot. Once, I mean, I, you know, Matt Harms transferred to BYU when he had places like Kentucky coming after him. You know, I mean, it's you, it, once they're gone, once they decide to transfer, you never, you can never reason with the decision. And, and it, it may be an individual fit just where he felt comfortable. I, I don't know. Maybe they promised they can help work on his shot or, you know, something to help him get to the next level. I, I didn't really look too much into it because once a guy decides he's going to, the decision to transfer for a university that he's leaving is the big thing. Once he's out, hey, 
God bless, go somewhere else. And I wish Justin Smith well. He's a great kid. He was off the court, everything you'd want for, for a student. He's a great student. He's smart. He's well-spoken, all of that stuff that you want from a player in your program. He just didn't have the success on the court that his talent level you know, made you assume that he could have. So maybe a new set of circumstances will be good for him. It also at Indiana opens up playing time for guys like Race Thompson and Jerome Hunter and, you know, guys coming in like a Jordan Geronimo and people that guys that people are really excited about and, and could maybe fit Archie Miller's system a little better and do some things that you need players to do. So the Justin Smith transfer, I felt like, hey, you know what? It could be one of those things that's great for everybody that, that works out. It doesn't feel like Justin Smith needed to go somewhere where he can grow and get better and maybe a system that fits him a little better. And so I was really positive on all the developments of that. I thought that it was, that it was the smart thing for Justin Smith to do because clearly he doesn't fit in Archie Miller's system that well. And the guys who will be replacing him for Archie Miller are his recruits who he knows what he wants to do with them. Made it very difficult for Indiana to score having Justin Smith, Trace Jackson Davis, and Joey Brunk on the floor at the same time. None of those guys can shoot beyond eight yep. feet, and that makes you really easy to defend. Packs the defense in the paint, and, and you know, even if Justin Smith was an A-level driver, it's hard to drive when people are you know, expecting you to drive and backing off of you. We've all played you know, high school, pickup, any, any kind, any level of basketball. When you know a guy is going to drive, it's ten times easier yeah. to defend him. What do you think about the state of the program? Good recruiting class coming in, Christian Landers, reclasses. And that could be a really good thing. He's going to be exceptionally young. Where do you think the program is? I think it's doing – I honestly think that that on the court, we've seen gradual improvement year to year. I think everybody wants that epiphany year where it all blows up and, and does great. But you've seen gradual improvement. I think this recruiting class coming in is the first one where you feel like, oh, these guys get to be freshmen. Like they get to come off the bench and they get to contribute – 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes a game. I mean, Lander obviously is a different story, but you look at the other three guys, they get to contribute and sort of add to the team as opposed to replace things on the team. And when you're looking to freshmen to replace things, unless they're a five-star, all-everything, Trace Jackson Davis guy, that's not the right formula for winning. And, and, and especially in Archie Miller's system where he wants to get old and stay old. And, and so you're finally starting to see the, the program get older. Christian Lander also comes in at a great time where Rob Finnessy has suffered through injuries. And, and we've seen when Rob Finnessy is at his peak, he's a pretty good player. But we've seen him sort of struggle, and the injuries seem to always come at a bad time with him. He just seems to be getting it and then gets hurt and then has to start over. And Lander will be able to push him. Uh, and the two of them, really, if you look at their games, can fit on the floor together. I think that he's a great piece for this program. Again, small kid, kind of under, you know, undersized right now, needs to bulk up. But getting him on campus now probably means you get him for two years and, and is a, a guy, unless he just blows up this year, which would be great for the program, obviously. If Christian Lander's having a phenomenal year, it probably means the team's having a phenomenal year. So if you're assuming you get him for two years, He's a guy who can really add something to the program. And then you look at, you know, the next year, they're starting to already hone in on some top guys. So I, I really think that you're starting to see this kind of the, the minor gains beget bigger gains for the program. They're starting to stack wins on top of each other as far as just as a program, not necessarily on the court, but you're starting to stack those wins up. And that's how you build a long-term program. I've always thought that Archie Miller was trying to build a program like Villanova, you know, where again, you just build long-term success. You're not doing it with, you know, every five-star to come off the bus is going to replace your five-star from the year before. I really think that he wants to build a, you know, a, an older, more mature program. And given the systems he runs, that makes sense. 
Let me talk to you about Philip Rivers. He's going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts. You're in San Diego. You watched him play you know, since 2006. He's older than hell. Is he a guy who can recapture some of what he had, or is it gone? What kind of arms you got left? Well, I will say that, that if, you look at, if you're looking at last year and wondering what Phillip Rivers can give you, I, I would throw that out the window. The Chargers had an awful offensive line last year. The Colts do not have an awful offensive line. If you give this guy time, you let him throw it, he's going to be very accurate. He's not going to be an MVP, okay? He's not going to do that. But he's going to be far better than what the Colts had in Jacoby Brissett. And I think Jacoby Brissett has a lot of talent. I just feel like he, he threw too many incompletions. He, he, he you know, didn't get the ball downfield to the right guys and all that. Rivers and 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 I'll tell you who I really love is is Michael Pittman, the guy they they brought it they drafted a wide receiver and he fits what Rivers does perfectly. Rivers is a guy who's going to give his receivers a chance to go up and get the ball, even when he throws interceptions. Those balls are typically in a position where his receiver, if it, you know, if he's in the right spot, can go get the ball. Michael Pittman won pretty much every 50-50 ball at USC last year. He's unbelievable at going up and getting footballs. I think that's going to be a great tandem, even though Pittman's a rookie. Um, what I will say about Rivers, he's a guy who's going to be there for every play. He's going to stand in the pocket and take hits. He's going to – he's an old-school quarterback. He's going to dust himself up. He's never going to complain. He's going to be a team-first guy who's going to try and get everybody together and be on the same page. I think that the Chargers, for about the last eight years of his career, failed to protect him. And, and, and when you have a franchise quarterback, it is the sin of the world to not protect him. And the Colts saw that with Andrew Luck in the beginning of his tenure there as well. They did not protect him. He was getting hammered. And the results, of course, if you don't have a good offensive line, your quarterback is not going to be an all-world quarterback. So I think he's going to be better than he was last year. I think if you're looking for a comparison, maybe look at 2018. He put up huge numbers in 2018 when the offensive line was a little more consistent and the Chargers were a little better around him. Last year, they had a ton of guys injured. He failed. So I, he's still the same guy as 2018. Now, again, he's not going to go out and win an MVP for you, but he's going to give you a chance to win games. And a lot of times when he, you know, you look at the interception numbers, that's a guy, he's kind of a, a YOLO guy who just, if it's late in the game and we're behind, I'm going to put a, I'm going to throw a pass up. And if it gets intercepted, it gets intercepted. If you're behind, he's going to throw interceptions, trying to make things happen. That's going to happen. Uh, that is his personality. But at the same time, he's a guy who's going to help you win the, the rest of the game. And so I think that, Given the Colts personnel around him, they've got a solid running game, great offensive line, you've got some good receivers, and they've got a they're building a defense. I think Rivers is a really good fit. I thought I thought that they were the best fit for him in the NFL. I thought them or maybe the Chicago Bears were the best fit uh, for him in the NFL. And we've learned he's only been here a little bit, just moved here a couple of weeks ago. But if you talk to him, he's going to say the word shoot about every a lot. word. A lot of yeah. shoot. A lot of dang, a lot of shoots. He's a guy who talks a lot and 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 trash talks a lot, but never swears. He's <laughs> never sworn on a football field. And people, you, you'll see the interviews with opposing teams, and they'll be like, he was the biggest trash talker on the field, but he was weird. He never said anything like that bad, you know? All right, man, be well. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime, Kent. You know that. Love you, brother. The great Ryan Phillips from the big lead and from Assembly Call. You can catch his work all over the place. Appreciate the time. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. 8 o'clock in the morning, and then at 8.15, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 8.15 on Periscope. There you go. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.